Yeah! Oh, I, got to, I forgot to tell you, Al. Thank you again for the cake that you brought in yesterday because I did not get any uh, birthday cake at the house or birthday pies or anything. We went out and there was nothing here, so it was my only slice of birthday cake yesterday. Very sincere thank you. Yes, listen. That's what friends do, bro. That's what friends do. Um, <laughs> go out of their way. They bring in some cake. Uh, you said it was a good slice of cake, good it pizza was, cake. It was delicious. And uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed it. And you'll have an opportunity to do something similar in about a year from now. But we'll not won't expect it. I'll tell you that much. Um, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> DeMarco and I are going to finish that thing off tomorrow because there's not a ton of people in the office. It's still in the fridge. And Wait, there's nobody in the office. The I know. Yeah, Taylor, stay away from my cake. It has my name on it. You can have a slice, okay. but uh, make sure that there's enough for – Happy belated, by the way. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate that very much. All right, Travis Lee's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Let me uh, start with a couple of, of tweets here. This is from Drew in L.A., and it, while it's not an Ask Slee day, I feel like since you're not going to be here tomorrow, we can kind of slide this one in here. Uh, <laughs> Drew writes, I believe Alan Slee will, will say, mind if I join you, as he slides into the hotel jacuzzi. Is that your deal? Like, hey, and you kind of crack your knuckles, mind if I join you guys? You ah. As you get in the warm water, hundred percent. I'll sit in between them. If it's a couple in there, I'll I'll sit right in between the two of them and just make myself. You guys mind just if I get of, that jet? You guys mind if I get that bubble? I just I, I got my back's really bothering me. I just need to loosen up. Can I get in there? Real? Can you slide a little bit to your left? How about I go in? I turn the jets off. <laughs> I hate turn bubbles. the jets. Ah, uh, yeah, no, just can't do the bubbles. It gets too hot in here. <laughs> Big E writes. Where are you guys from? <laughs> yeah, how long you how long are you in town for? If anyone shows up with a dish containing marshmallows, any dish, show them the door. Yeah, marshmallows mm. are not – they're putting it to this way. If you're having like some sort of sundae or something or some sort of dessert item and it's got a marshmallow thing. That's okay, just s'mores maybe. when you're camping. That's right. It. That's, that, that's fine. That's fine. But if there's anything that you're serving as like real food and it has marshmallows as part of the ingredients, you need to, you need to not. Just, just decide to go in a different direction. And then one more from our pal John of Fullerton. My first job in high school. Got fired for not being, quote, enthusiastic enough about yo-yos. <laughs> Was offered my final check or a free yo-yo as final payment. Best firing ever. Yeah, I don't, I mean, that, that's asking a lot to ask a high school kid to be yo-yo enthusiast. That seems like something that most high school kids are not going to be super fired up about. Sounds like a great lesson. Hope you learned it, bro. You got to come in more fired up, okay? What else do you want me to tell you? Gonzaga, number one team in the country, playing against UCLA, number two team in the country in college basketball. It'll be fun. UCLA already has a win against Villanova this year, so Mm -hmm. they Final Four team last year, great. It's college basketball. Let me know when the tournament starts. Okay, by by the way, you're right about all of that, but this is kind of cool. Number one versus number two. You know, you only get a few of these where the games have some meaning to them, and I know what you're saying in the big scheme of things. There isn't that much meaning in the regular season. It's not like college football where you're Oregon and you just lose against Utah. Now you're out. You know, it's not that's not what happens in college basketball. But this is a this is a this is a cool matchup for UCLA, for Los Angeles. And to be honest with you, it just kind of shows it, it probably plays more into your point that you just mentioned. I don't think a lot of people know, unless you're a big UCLA fan, that this game's even going on and that's part to do with 
it's November and you're so far away from the March Madness tournament. Well, you said there's not much meaning in this game. I agree with everything you said, but that part, there's no meaning in this game because they're 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 both going to go to the tournament. They're both going to be probably pretty high seeds in the tournament. And regardless of what happens tonight, if UCLA wins, good for them. Feels pretty good. Same thing for Gonzaga. If you lose, you probably feel pretty bad. You got another one coming up. Conference matters a little bit more, but these games are more interesting for just, you know, hey, one versus two than any well, for that fan base, too, for the fan base, yeah, too. I guess you yep. get a little bragging rights along the way. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. When was the last time that we talked about college, that UCLA basketball in, in a meaningful way? Like, hey, they're really good. Let me know when they're back in the Final Four. It's been a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So that goes to show you how quickly it can turn. Because with Ben Howland as the head coach, I'm not going to go all the way back to John Wooden. That's just ancient history. But let's go back to when Ben Howland was the head coach at UCLA. They're going to the, Kept final, going four to the final four pretty yep. regularly, right? And and Ben Howland, while maybe the stylistically was not super popular with UCLA fans, little you know they they kind of grind it out, muck it up, play slow. They went to the final four every year. They were they were UCLA basketball. You walked out on that court and it said UCLA on your jersey. You knew what you were about to get. You were about to get a really good team. And then they fired him, and they weren't. They just were kind of spinning their wheels. And Alfred was there, and they were okay, and they weren't very okay, and they fired him. But they bring in Mick Cronin. Yep. who boop, fixes it like that. They go to the Final Four. They're one of the best teams in the country this year. They're very, they're, they're, there's a very good chance that they could be back in the Final Four again this year. If I'm USC, I'm seeing that makes me feel pretty good because that's the same way you fix your football program. You've got to find the right guy that knows how to take what you have, which is history, which is resources, which is commitment to being good in that particular sport, a fan base that wants you to be good in that particular sport. And once you get that thing heading in the right direction, it can get fixed really fast. This isn't trying to fix the Arizona football team yeah. that yeah. has no history, no tradition, no players, no real want to be good at a sport like that. This is USC football and everything that comes along with it. You get the right person in that job the way that UCLA did with Mick Cronin, it can fix itself pretty quickly. I think that's what's probably frustrating for a lot of these alumni or students at USC or people just here in uh, Los Angeles who um, grew up with USC really becoming the professional team, the professional football team for them in L.A. I think that's the frustration, Trav, is you don't have to walk up that same hill that many other universities have to walk up. You don't have to go through this. You, You have this unbelievable history and tradition that, if things just, if that momentum just starts shifting a little bit, you can change everything. But that is the frustration is, I think everybody's known that Clay Helton was not the right coach for that university, for that football team, yet he was there for, you know, how many more years than he probably should have. It's up to you to, to determine how many of number of years that was. Um, but you are, there. there's a good point to that is, Things can turn around quick, which is why we kind of keep going back to this. This is kind of our once-a-week weekly update on USC. That's why this is such a big moment for the university because you're either going to hire the right person, you're going to give that person the proper resources, you're going to give that person the money to go out there and get the proper assistant coaches, and all of a sudden there's a real conversation about a powerhouse on the West Coast again, or 
um, you're, we're going to be sitting here three, four years down the road and still kind of having the same conversation. But the UCLA example is a good example. And Bergman said that he's legitimately basing his night around this game tonight. I don't blame him. He's a big UCLA fan. Well, he's a UCLA I'd be doing, guy. I, I I'd be it. doing the same thing if San Diego State was in it. Yeah, no, no. I get it if you're a UCLA fan or a Gonzaga fan. But college, like, you don't have to be an Ohio State or Michigan fan to want to watch Ohio State play Michigan this weekend in football. That's, yeah. I mean, that's a big game because there's all sorts of implications that come along with it. When you watch uh, Alabama play Auburn, it's I don't, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I don't really care who wins, but I want to watch it because there's ramifications that come along with it. But I, I want to go back to something you're talking about with SC. This is why when you hire your athletic director, it's so important. There, there are really only two jobs that an athletic director has, right? And, and number one is you've got to raise money. You, you got to raise money for the athletic program. You got to be really good at um, fundraising, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or what was the endowment or whatever the, the terminology is right now. That's number one. But number two is you need to be able to identify who the, co- the next coach of all of your athletic programs are going to be. You need to know who it is even before that person is gone because what if they leave? What if, there's, what if they get sick? What, there's a million different things. And Mike Bone at SC came to the program and let Clay Helton stay for another year, which I thought was a huge mistake. Now, maybe you could make the argument, I just got here. I need to evaluate everything. I need Probably to see pressure from the university as well. Say that again? Probably pressure from the university as well. To keep Clay Helton? Yeah. I, I think the – remember how we're trying to stick to the um, – the, the, the university is going through a lot of different things. I think the kind of play it safe uh, – clean cut, you know, that whole thing. We know this guy isn't going to rock any boat. Now, the rock, the boat he's going to rock is not going to win you any football games, yeah. and you're going to be that a boat's university. That dry dock. It's, it's got a hole in the side. It's the SS Minnow <laughs> from Gilligan's Island because it can't float anymore. Um, and then they just sent it out to sea and sank against UCLA. But, but this, yes. is his, this is his hire. Now this will, be, this will be his opportunity. Well, and it's gotten worse. Since Clay Helton left, it's arguably gotten worse. And, and that means that the guy that's running it now is not going to be a candidate for this you can't lose to UCLA like that and even remotely consider bringing that that uh, guy so back. they gave up 63 points to UCLA who's yeah. meh, right the, yeah. UCLA yeah. is just meh but if you get this right it fixes itself pretty quickly and now hey I'm the guy that fixed this thing if you get it wrong you know the guy's gonna get at least two or three years whoever the coach is it just continues to rot it continues to get more difficult but seeing Mick Cronin on the other side that feels pretty good I think it's a good comp, and, and number one, like uh, Travis said, number one, number two, Gonzaga, UCLA uh, tonight. Okay, uh, today's stat hero of the day, it's LeBron James. Unfortunately, he will not be at the Madison Square Garden, and Trav, this is what the Lakers are missing without LBJ at MSG. For his career, he's averaged 28 points a game at Madison Square Garden, the third most all-time behind just Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. You and I talked a little bit about this. Um, venues like this, uh, somebody has something to play for, uh, it's different. It's the mecca of basketball, as they call it. Stat Hero Sport. is the exclusive is the exclusive daily fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sleeva Show. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN for 100% deposit match. I, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Um, and we could do this coming back. Is it – is MSG – I'm trying to think here because I've always thought that the Madison Square Garden, what an unbelievable place it is, what an unbelievable venue it is, I almost feel like it's overhyped. And I'll explain it when we come back why I think it's overhyped because I think there's 
I genuinely feel like there's something to that. You, you, it, this should not just be a venue when it comes to basketball. That's just specifically based on how other people do. I think the squad that plays in there, 41 games a year, should have something to do with that as well. All right. Plus, we got our NFL pickums, and Taylor is going to try to represent the crew. Somebody's got to take a shot at Sliwa. Bergman couldn't do it. Emily couldn't do it. I obviously can't do it. I've been in it every week. I can't beat him at all. So Taylor is up next. It's Travis Slee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So we've talked a lot today about the Rams and how this is kind of a fork in the road game for them. If they win, oh, yeah. it's all it, it's it's a pretty good spot for them. They're right near the top of the NFC standings again. They play Arizona again. They have a chance to make that right, et cetera, et cetera. Goes the other way. It's pretty obvious how, how that's going to go. Our NFL picks against the spread, we're kind of in a similar situation right now because Al has created such a big lead in this thing that if we're going to catch him <clears> – <throat> Excuse me. If we're going to catch him, we're going to have to start right now because there's just not enough runway left to do it. So Greg had a zero. Emily got five, which is pretty good. The problem is Al had a good amount of points and kind of extended the lead. So we're going to mix it up again. Taylor is going to be our guy. Uh, Here we go. Game number one. We're going to start with the Thanksgiving game, Al. Your favorite games of the season. You are up first. The Dallas Cowboys in their traditional game number two of the Thanksgiving holiday. They are hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. The Dallas Cowboys are seven-point favorites, Al. Who you got? Um, Don't like what I'm doing here, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, Cowboys coming off a loss. Um, Raiders have looked awful for, what is that, about a month now or something. At least three weeks now they've looked bad. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to put it at my four. Yeah. Put this at my four. Even though uh, seven points there is laying down a lot, I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll the dice on this one. I think that's a a pretty good pick, Taylor. You are up next. It's the Cowboys hosting the Raiders, laying seven points. Who you got and where are you putting it? I'm gonna put the Raiders at my three. Ooh, bold Raiders at three. Already like what he's doing there. Already yeah, like what he's doing there. He's, he's game, going opposite. I like that. It's I like game that. theory. This is yep. what it is. Um, I want to game theory you here a little bit, Slee, by picking against you for opposite points and all of that kind of stuff. Problem is the Raiders suck. <laughs> it's, it's very hard to when you pick the right team to game theory this thing along the way. So I'm going to take the Cowboys as well, but I'm going to try to play a little bit of a point action here. I'm going to put the Cowboys down at the bottom at number one. All right, let's move to the second game here. Um, by the way, Taylor, we need to make up nearly a 30-point gap with Al. Al's got 63 points. The guests have a 38-point uh, total. Travis is in last with 34. So that's, uh, that's, that's how I'm this here. is going. Um, next game, Green Bay and the Rams. Green Bay hosting the Rams. Green Bay, a very, very narrow one-point favorite. Basically a pick em. Who you got, Taylor? Uh, let me do Packers at my two. Okay, so Green Bay at two for uh, Taylor. 
I'm going to take the Rams. I'm kind of going all in on this one, Al. I, 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 the Rams feel like they know that they need to win this game, that this is an incredibly important game for them for all the reasons that we've discussed all day long. Sean McVay can't lose three in a row. Matt Stafford can't look that bad three weeks in a row. The Green Bay offensive line is a total makeshift line. They're missing a whole bunch of guys on that. Everything points Rams. They, only need to, they, they just need to win the game by a point or whatever it is. Give me the L.A. Rams and put it at four. Who you got, Sleep? Wow, you're going all in on the Rams on this all one, in. huh? All in. Um, I, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to take a little bit of a chance. I think I'm changing my tune here right out the gate. I, I'm going to go – I'm going to go Rams 1. Not as, uh, not as much confidence as you have in the uh, – uh, in the Rams in this one, but I know how desperate they are, and for many of the reasons that you just mentioned, I'll, I'll go Rams one on this one. So Taylor's got a chance to really create some space here because he's gone opposite on both of the first two games. You and I have the same teams flip-flopped at 4-1. and one. Game number three, the Chargers are on the road. They're coming off a win against the Steelers. Should have went They're Packers, the damn mile it. mile-high city. Denver Chargers, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Taylor, who you got? In Denver, all right, I'm going to do Broncos one. Okay, Denver at one for Taylor. Alan Sliwa. Hate to say this, Chargers three. Oh, that's you hate picking the Chargers. You absolutely hate it's a tough one. picking the Chargers. Very tough. Uh, I feel it. I feel it in my throat right here. It just it's just sitting there. <laughs> I'm taking the home dog. I don't the Chargers, I've missed them every single way. I pick them, they lose. I pick against them, they win. So this is probably good news if you're a Charger fan. I'm gonna take the Broncos and I'm gonna take them at Two, which brings us to our final game, Tennessee and New England. All of a sudden, these are the two teams near the top of the AFC yeah. standing, Tennessee and New England, who had that at the beginning of the year. Patriots at home, they're five-and-a-half-point favorites. Slee, who you got? I think a lot of momentum going towards the Patriots. I think a lot of conversation going towards the Patriots, where they won four or five in a row, something like that. Yep. Usually when that happens, I'm going to go the other way. I'll go Titans, two. Titans at two for Al. I will take the – New England Patriots, and I only have my three left, so I'll take New England at three. Taylor, who do you got? You've got Tennessee and New England, and you've only got your four-pointer left. My four? Yep. Okay, I'm going with the Pats. All right, so Pats. And you're going down, Slee. And we, well, so look, I I, I wish you, you the best of luck this, uh, this weekend, Taylor. I uh, respect your work, and uh, we'll just see what happens. I told you at the beginning of this, I said, here's what's going to yeah. happen. I'm going to uh-huh. get off to a pretty good start. I'm going to win like three or four in the first four or five weeks. This is how it goes. And then I won't have a single good week after that. How close to accurate was I? Um, so far, it's been almost remarkably, almost as if you planned it this way. Uh, <laughs> very, 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 very close to exactly how you set it up. But that's the thing. You couldn't plan it this way because I, if I was picking them wrong on purpose, that means I know how to win these games. They're, they're, it's, they're, with the spreads, it's kind of a toss them up in the air. You have gone 10, 10, 9, 8, 0. You've had a whole bunch along the way. With, I, I, need, I need a couple of really bad zero weeks out of Alan Sleewa. That's what I need. <laughs> I, I need you. Yeah, you might get one. I mean, listen, every week when I'm done doing the picks, I'm literally like, okay, that was a bad pick. And then I hear you guys talk too, and you kind of start talking me. I don't know why you do this too. You start talking me away from what I picked. I'm like, this guy hasn't won. He's won a week God, in a while. What do I know? But no, no. And I, but I'm sold on what you're saying. Like right now, you just did the Raiders and the Cowboys. Yeah. Raiders will probably win that game. Not win the game, but they'll probably they'll probably lose by six. 
Yeah, they, well, the cut, that's what makes it, right? It, yeah. It's just winners. It gets a lot easier. But the Raiders may get that crummy late touchdown where you're down 13, they punch a touchdown in, and now it's six, and now they cover. That's The, the backdoor cover is always a, in the mix. Travis Lee's brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. But I'll tell you what, the reason I have the Rams at the top, it's really simple. They kind of have to win. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't want to say their season is hanging on this, but there is a real fork in the road for the Rams in this. If they win, all of a sudden you're eight and three. You've beaten Green Bay. You've beaten Tennessee, or I'm sorry, you've beaten uh, Tampa Bay. And you, Packers you, you, desperate too. They, they, but they're not really as desperate because they're on top of their division. Mm-hmm. They have a pretty comfortable lead in their division. They can kind of go anywhere and play. People don't want to go to Green Bay, right? If Green Bay's in Green Bay, fine. If Green Bay's got to go to Minnesota no, true. or L.A. Yep. or Arizona, they don't care. They can go play anywhere. They, they kind of have a little bit of cushion. Arizona is fine on the road, or at least they have been so far this season. The Rams are the one team that have a lot of, a lot of skin in this game coming up this weekend. If they lose three in a row, Matthew Stafford throws another bunch of bad interceptions. What are we talking about? But, but this is this is what I mean. But this is what I mean when I say they're desperate too. What I'm referring to is, listen, you, you win this game against the uh, you win this game against the Rams. There's a good chance if you're going to face the Rams in the postseason, they'll be at Lambeau. That's a big deal. I I don't think that that can be understated. Not not that you're understating it, but it's a big game for them as well. So as the, the what what makes this the difference for the Rams is they they're coming in losing two games in a row. Packers just lost a game as well. They went on the road and lost to Minnesota. But I think there's also the the Packers are not looking at this game any different than as desperate or as much as the Rams want this win. Yes, maybe from a divisional perspective, it's different for uh, for the Packers. But I think there's other things at stake here that you're looking a little bit further down the season, potentially postseason. You can have uh, a Los Angeles team have to come to your house and uh, and win things rather than play at SoFi. I'll tell you who needs to have a big game, and I'm not. He doesn't have to have 200 yards or anything like that, but he needs to have an impact on the game. Is OBJ. Two weeks to get ready to get up to speed, and I get it, it's not being in the system for an entire season, but two weeks of intense study to get ready for this because they need it. This went from a luxury item to, hey, let's see what happens. If it doesn't work, who cares, to Robert Woods tore his ACL, and now we've got another dynamic player on the roster. I, the, nothing happened in San Francisco that alarmed me, but nothing happened against San Francisco. He'd just gotten there. I, I'm going to need to see a little OBJ love on Sunday. I, uh, I, you know, it's funny as we kind of look to some of these games and we look at what's going to happen in the weekend. You almost kind of start forgetting we're doing our NFL pickems on the Tuesday. Lakers got uh, an interesting one tonight. They're at the okay. So we were talking about this. Some of the different arenas around you know sports, and I, I think what makes let me use Staples Center as an example. Why is Staples Center such a – it's an iconic place because you won a lot of championships there. Crypto.com Arena. Crypto.com Arena. You've won a lot of championships there. You've um, – it, it's – every time I hear the Madison Square Garden, they say the Mecca of basketball. I get it. I understand. I, I, You know, you can look at New York and see whether it's Kareem or Michael Jordan. There have been unbelievable basketball players um, that obviously have come from New York. But every time I hear people say, like, it's this is the greatest – doesn't the team that plays there have to be good too? Like, don't they have to be competitive? Don't they have to be competing for championships? Don't they have to be in the mix every single year? Does that not come into play in this, Trav? All right, that's next. We'll answer that question. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You have a burner account, Slee. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> it's my official account now. <laughs> yeah, somebody's got some time on their hands, I guess. Nothing better to do and make a Sliwa burner to the Sliwa Cosa Nostra. I like it. It's time well spent. It's time well spent. You should just get a big desk and sit there and just, you know, just relax and have people come to you and make requests on the day of your daughter's wedding. Uh, just, just, you know, kind of put the whole thing out there. Just have the little kitten in my hands, that, just that petting very, the kitten. I've never understood that. I've never understood, like, the specific. Oh, it's the, a baller move. No, specific, what do you mean? You didn't understand No, no, no. no that, the I hell is wrong with you? I can't deny your request on the day of my daughter's wedding, huh? How often is she getting married? Like, that, that seems like a pretty narrow opportunity for me to ask you for something. Like, I gotta wait for one of your daughters. Unless I have, like, ten daughters, I'm not getting a lot of stuff from you. I'm going to start doing that. You need that to ask Funches about this. You know, I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start doing it in the main studio. Just have random people that are walking in during breaks. And I'm like, listen, we'll get your car taken care of. We'll figure you, it out. Do you have a cold? What's that voice you're doing? You know, I, it's, it's a good question. I figured um, you're supposed to sound like you... Uh, like you lost your voice or something? Something. I don't know what that was, but I hope you get better soon. I hope that that clears up. Uh, Everything's some, fine. Get a Z-Pack and <laughs> knock that thing Everything's out. Everything's fine. Uh, Emily had another drinking binge last night where she started mixing various cocktails. You look you look fresh and ready to go. <laughs> well, you call it a drinking binge. It was, it was a couple drinks, but they all were very variant. So I started off, there's a... A cider here in Virginia I love called Bold Rock. And so I started off with that because I, like, I, I, can I can't only get it in Virginia. Okay. And then I had two of those. And then I had this like lazy lemonade <laughs> thing. Okay. And then I came home. Okay. I had a glass of red wine. <laughs> sure. No, no. Mix everything together. Get in there. Where, where, and then no I had shots a... of Jägermeister or Goldschlager <laughs> hasn't gotten b- broken out yet? And then I had a seltzer. So that was... That was – I have probably every uh, alcohol besides maybe, like, whiskey. So, uh, for, so first of all, <laughs> I don't know why you pushed back when I said it was a binge. You had five drinks in one <laughs> night. I don't know what your definition hey, is yeah, exactly, yeah, but yeah. We're, we're getting in the ball. And, and four of them were different things. And you feel yes. okay? No, yeah, I'm totally fine. I, <laughs> I'm going to go to an Orange Theory class after this with my sister. It's going to be it's going to be great. It's, it's Slee, how, how would you How would your body respond if you had four different types of alcohol in one night? Because mine would respond very, very poorly. I'd be ready. I'd be ready for Monday. I'd be ready for Monday. Yeah. Well, you got to make your decision. Especially. Okay. Here, here's a little uh, tip. This is a tip for the holidays. You need to. You need to make sure 
that you pick your lane early and kind of stick with it, okay? That you can't go, hey, it's early in the day. I'm going to do a little champagne and have a mimosa. And we're going to have just kind of get the day started. And then, yeah, the football's on. I'm going to pound a few beers. And then, oh, dinner's starting. Oh, you know what? Give me that red wine. I'll have some of that red wine. And now that dinner's over, I'm going to go to scotch. And I'm just going to kind of wind it. No, 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 no. You need to pick your. That sounds wonderful. Early, yeah. Maybe I just laid out your entire Thursday, Emily. We'll see. But you got it. You could pick one thing, maybe a second thing. Like maybe you could go from a beer to a wine, or a wine to a cocktail. But you can't really go through the smorgasbord of alcohols on Thanksgiving. You got to go before before noon kicks off. Just a nice couple Jack and Cokes, right? Just to kind of get the day going, get everything kind of started there. Then go hard with double tequila shots. Then go right after that, mix in some beer, have a couple. IPAs, and then immediately following that. That's literally, Emily, I think I'm describing your, your night last night. I, think I'm- I mean, it, so- it sounds great. It sounds like a really fun night, and uh, yeah. It was great. Emily goes into the bar and says, give me one off the top shelf, two off the middle shelf, something out of the refrigerator, and a glass of wine. And put, it on, one, and put it on one mug. <laughs> but everybody yeah, can- on the rocks. <laughs> my part about the, uh, the awards, the Mandy's, everyone can come drink my smorgasbord of alcohol with me. And, yeah, and we're going to need me. a stretcher or an ambulance or something <laughs> if people get into that. All right, ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. All right, so take me through your The Garden is Overrated, Slee, because Madison Square Garden is generally considered the mecca of sports, not just for the NBA, but in this country, if you're going to be a guy, you need to do it in MSG in front of New Yorkers. Your squad's got to be good. That's all I'm saying is just win. You know, every time it's what can Kobe do at the Madison Square Garden? What can Jordan do at the Madison Square Garden? What could LeBron do at the Madison Square Garden? It doesn't mean it's not an iconic venue, but damn, if the Knicks can mix in some of their own players, if the Knicks can also mix in some wins for themselves, if they could be a team that's competing for an NBA championship, I think that's what also adds to the allure of making a place iconic. What what You know, what you wanted, and this was back in the days when it was Jordan and the Bulls going up against Patrick Ewing and the Knicks, that's what made it special. When Reggie Miller is bowing in front of Spike Lee, that's what made it special. It's that these games, they were competitive. You had a squad that really had a chance of winning an NBA championship. The problem I have is, you know, every time we talk about the Madison Square Garden, I I know it's an unbelievable venue, but it hurts them when their squad isn't good. When you're only coming because you want to watch the opposing team play, you want to watch the other star play, you want to see what he does in your venue. Steph Curry is going to drop 50 points. It'd be nice if you had this real, you know, we made fun of the Knicks last season because they won a game against the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs. (laughs) It won. And they were going crazy. It's like, damn, act like you've been there before. But the problem is they haven't been there in so long. I I get why they were so excited. But that's the point isn't that you beat the Knicks. The point's that you did it in New York City. It would. I, I agree with you that if the Knicks were really good, it would be more impactful. But it's not we went in and beat the team that that's part of the appeal of uh, by being in staples center is so good it's because it's not just you did it in la but you did it against a good team more often than not the knicks have been a bad team for more of this time but it's not i did it against the knicks it's i did it in new york city i did it in front the, of the but, world's media i did it in front of i did it where the place where everybody is it's but, not that i beat uh, i don't know pick a pick a nick john starks or patrick ewing it's that I did it in front of everyone that matters. But what's but what but that part is the part I don't understand. What's the accomplishment if the squad's not good? That's because my point. My point is, is and you, you're 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 in a, a more 
21st century version of this where we get to see every game every week in every place. But before, the reason that this place has the reputation, it, it predates ESPN. It predates, you know, regional sports networks. It predates all of these things where we couldn't see everything. The only time you got to see something is if it happened in New York City or if it happened in Los Angeles where all the television production was, where all the people were. That you, you know, USC and Notre Dame, those are the games that you would see every week. And it just developed this reputation. If you're going to do something important, you got to do it in the garden. And until you do it in the garden, you're just kind of a guy. But once you've done it there, now you're kind of a made man because, Emily, give me the numbers again, but the three people that have the highest scoring average in MSG, look at those names. It's Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron. Yeah, they're, but, they're turning it up a notch, not because it's the Knicks, but because it's New York. Yeah, they're not the men because they had big-time performances in New York. They're the men because they're winners, because they won. And that's my point is I go back to the New York Knicks. The Knicks have not been relevant for you so long. They haven't been good. Going into New York City and dropping 50 than going into Indiana and dropping 50. It, it is a much big, bigger and better story, no question about it. My point is the Knicks aren't good. That, that the squad on the other side that you're going up against is not that impressive. You said this before. You Use any team that you want. The Rams, you were just making an example of. You were talking about how many big-time wins do they have. If they lose against the Packers, the only win that they have against a good team was back in September against Tampa. Mm-hmm. The, the point I'm making is that it's an iconic, iconic venue. I think what, what loses some of the allure, they're never good. They're never a good squad. They're not in a playoff and, game last year. One and, and I know Hawks. And I know players look at Madison Square Garden. I get it. They want to be great inside of that venue. I'm just saying it, it's it's much more powerful and it's much stronger when you're actually playing up against some good competition. And by the way, they're better now than they were three years ago. And I think they are trending in the right direction. That part, I'm not. Lakers could very easily lose to the Knicks tonight. Lakers oh, won't sure. have LeBron James, uh, Do Anthony you have any Davis on AD. No update, just the you know flu-like symptoms. What Michael and I will do pre at three is when coach is talking, so we'll probably get an update then. Um, and, and you know Lakers are you know in their own right kind of desperate to get a W as well, but uh, it's an yeah. iconic place. I just wish the franchise was. Oh no! More, it certainly, it would certainly good. make it better along the way. But it's funny you were talking about the Knicks and how they've been bad for basically for thirty years or mm-hmm. whatever. When, however long Patrick Ewing was there, it feels like close to thirty years. They're the anti-Dodgers. That they have everything at their disposal too, except for the owner is a roadblock. The owner is the piece that that isn't missing. Well, the Dodger ownership has empowered their their sports people, their front office people, to go and make all these decisions and spend their money accordingly. Jim Dolan is involved in all this stuff, and he doesn't know what the hell is going. But you're talking about venue, you talk about history, you talk about location, you talk about eyeballs and marketing, and all of these things that come along with it. You would think that it would be really easy to fix the Knicks, and they've been terrible. Since you, you ever retired. been? You ever been? I have not. Okay, so I I, 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 I will say, and you know, I, I went to, you know, I, I went to a road trip with, um, with the Lakers, not with the Lakers, but I went to a road trip watching the Lakers play. This was at ESPN. We were taking some clients. I went to Lakers Celtics, Lakers Knicks. They were back to back games, so I got a chance to go see the Lakers and and you know, obviously, um, in Boston, and then. Right after that, we're sitting at Madison Square Garden, and we're getting this opportunity to obviously watch the Knicks play. Hey, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's it's no question about it. You feel how iconic the place is, and then go do a little bit of research and history on what type of performance has it been there from musicians to fights, 
big, you're right, exactly, big uh, boxing matches or whatever the case is, it's iconic. No question about it. That should be, that definitely has got to be one on your bucket list. No, I need to, in fact, I just thought of something. I thought of something that I've never cashed in, and I'll tell you what it is next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN, along with the dump. So, Al, it's funny. When you asked me if I've ever been to Madison Square Garden, I, I have not. And I was th- in the back of my head, I'm like, somebody's asked me that before, and I can't remember mm-hmm. where it's coming from. And it was Michael that when I was doing um, Lakers pregame and, and postgame, my- Michael asked me that question one time when I think he was uh, – they were, they were going to New York at some point in the trip, and he said, he said, I'm looking forward to going there. And he asked me, had I ever been? I said, no, I've never been. And he said, you know what? We need to change that. You, you, you've been around this for, for too long doing it. I want to make sure that you get it to do it. And then, you know, because of the way that our world works, the roles changed as they often do, and I was no longer doing the Laker pre-half and post, so I never got a chance to do it. I wonder if Michael would still be willing to uh, sponsor my trip to New York City to go see a game at the Garden. I will 100% ask him that in the pregame show, (laughs) starting at 3. I'm going to say, hey, Michael, you did tell Trav you were going to pay for it, full expenses, and he's going to get to watch six games at the Madison Square Garden. That's what you told him. He was very specific. I was going to get a coach ticket and an economy hotel, which I was perfectly okay with. It's awesome. I was going to get to go see the garden, and I was going to get to go spend a couple days in New York City. So who doesn't want to do that? I need to to catch in on that. Yeah, I I think I told you this, and, you know, there's a few – I've never been to Wrigley. That's a place I'd love to go to. I think move, from a, move it down the list. I've been there a bunch of times. You can move it down the list. You know, but that's okay. Like I, I, I get it. Just kind of, just to be there, just kind of say that you were there. I think there's something to that. Did you say you've been to Fenway? I have, and it's awesome. Fenway's great. It, it's fantastic. We both been. Did you go to Yankee Stadium? Old Yankee Stadium. I haven't been to the new one. Old Yankee Stadium was fantastic. Old and new, and the old one was unbelievable. There's a few of these iconic, iconic places. MSG's got to be on your list as well. The Arcadia High School baseball field. I've been there, and uh, it's a sure. place that sure. probably all of you should go visit at one point in your lives. Just yep, to the Granite Hills experience. High School basketball gym. I've been to Kennedy, Kennedy Recreation Center across the street. I've been there as well. Absolutely. Let's go to the dump. So we mentioned that Gonzaga and UCLA are going to play today in one versus two in college basketball. Um, Dick Vitale is going to be on the call, which is great it's news great. because great. he's battling cancer right now. He's between cancer treatments. So we get to hear Dickie V. And just very quickly, I want to say this because Dick Vitale has a style that he when he's when he's calling a basketball game. We all know what that style is. It's bombastic. It's loud. It's incredibly enthusiastic. It's just it's it's over the top. And it's mm-hmm. and it's you either like it or you don't. Right. I got a chance to meet Dick Vitale in a hotel lobby at the Final Four one year, and he was not on the air. He is the kindest, Hmm. sweetest, most loving guy and just wants everything in the world to be right and correct and nice. And I'm so happy that he's calling the game. It's so nice to hear him back. And I just – he is one of the world's really nice, wonderful men, and I'm thrilled that he's on that call. He was uh, putting up a ton of – uh, posts, whether it's on Instagram. I think most of them, I, the ones I was reading were on Twitter. He was so positive. You know, he'd come out of his chemo or whatever treatment that he was getting. And, uh, yeah, it's a ruin for him. I, I'm really – that's great to hear that he's going to be on the broadcast tonight. So that's that's exciting. Emily, you should try to get that high five that he stoned you from a, a few years ago at UVA where you tried to give him a high five and he, he said, nope, not for you. 
<laughs> All right, it was on this day in 1984. Doug Flutie's Hail Mary pass gives BC a win, 47-45 over Miami. You cannot watch a Boston College football game in November and not have that play run about, I don't know, what is it, 30 or 40 times during the game? Uh, back in the days, too, remember when Doug Flutie came to the Chargers? So I, I, and he was good. He was good. I watched, uh, you know, obviously a lot of Flutie over the years. Um, but you're right, that's one of the most – What were, the earlier, was it late last week, the – the band is on the field. It's yep. the Stanford game, and we kept um, we kept uh, talking about iconic, iconic calls. There's another one there. You know, every time you, you see that highlight, you know exactly. Um, you obviously know the the context behind the play. All right, today is National Espresso Day. Can I can I just be uh, th- that guy for half a second? Sure, guys. There's no X in the word espresso. It's not X espresso. It's espresso. It's all S's. Can we just? For at least for today, on National Espresso Day, not call it an espresso because it's not an espresso; it's an espresso. Can we? Just are you, by the way, do that right? Are you a fan of espressos? <laughs> I, I I am. Yes, I, I I like a nice espresso as much. Would as you as rather have a cup of coffee or an espresso? <laughs> Stop! It's 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 nails on a chalkboard. Uh, no, espresso is fantastic. If you get look, you get a nice little double espresso at SoFi Stadium from the espresso machine. Strong pretty, as hell. It's a pretty. They're good so strong. Football game. It's fantastic. By the time I'm done with my espresso, I am uh, freaking <laughs> sprinting around SoFi. <laughs> Iman Shumpert is the first NBA athlete to win Dancing with the Stars. Iman can move, Slee. That guy's guy was killing moves. it. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was killing it. It's funny, you know, certain guys. Um, how do we have any idea that he's as good of a dancer as he is, right? <laughs> Just kind of out of nowhere on Twitter. I think it might have been something LeBron posted or he reposted or something along those lines. One of his, you know, one of the uh, performances that they had, I'm like, what? That's Amon <laughs> Shumpert ends up winning the whole thing. He was great. I called uh, it. I called I it before uh, Dancing gonna, with the Stars started. I don't know if you're going to hate this or love this, but mm-hmm. Michael Strahan's going to outer space with Blue Orbit. Is Blue Orbit Bezos's space travel outfit, or is it one of the other ones? Uh, I don't know. I think if it's not Elon, then it's all fake. None of it exists. <laughs> uh, Blue Origin is... Is that Elon Musk's? Mus- no, it's definitely Musk's? not. It's Bezos. Yeah, so all it's right. fake, basically fake space. <laughs> so so he's Strahan, pretending to go up to space. Yep. So he, he's not Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. He's uh, he's he's more Jeff Bezos yeah. Yeah, than Yeah, Strahan probably also is wearing a fake diamond because the whole thing is a fugazi. So is the mission with Bezos. All right. So how do people find the Podsley if they were unfortunate enough not to hear all three hours of us live? Today? ESPN app or on iTunes. Search Travis and Slee with show. I'm off tomorrow. Pre-game show starts at 3. If we don't talk to you guys, have a great Thanksgiving. Emily, Travis, and Taylor, all you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Same to you, Al. Enjoy it. And DeMarco will be here tomorrow. And you know that DeMarco and I like to talk about food. So we got you covered, got you ready for Thanksgiving as well. Mason in Ireland is coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.